Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, get notified when new episodes go up throughout the rest of the season. Section 420, Talking Yankees, I'm sure there's a subscribe button in front of you. Click that and get the notifications. So, big Houston Astros come to town, and for the Yankees, this is going to be their prime matchup. Again, Yankees record-wise, about, you know, nine games better than them. But, of course, uh, this is the Houston Astros team that's been thrown on the Yankees' side maybe just as much and maybe even more than Tampa Bay Rays have. And again, the Yankees fresh out of a nice visit down in Tampa, taking two out of three games there, two exciting wins. And so now the Yankees come home, and we're going to host the Houston Astros for four games. And again, this is now the Houston Astros that now include Verlander. Again, Houston, past couple of years year or so ago, it's been a little banged up a little bit. And Verlander was out uh, for the, needing the Tommy John surgery. And even before the season started, you know, you hear some rumors possibly uh, the Yankees were kicking tires on, on him, but he turned out to take the – a two-year deal uh, to remain in use. And so, so much for those rumors about coming to the East Coast. So this was kind of like, you know, the old Houston Astros, kind of the nemesis ones, you know, them at kind of back at full strength uh, that the Yankees in. Good test for them. Again, the Yankees pinner's been steamrolling everybody. You know, you can't use excuse. Well, they've been beating teams under 500. They've been also beating the teams over 500. So, uh, you know, this was going to be uh, the prime matchup for the Yankees uh, going to, the, you know, obviously, you know, so far this season. And, you know, just, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, Again, I mentioned the last episode, I kind of did a little, uh, little rant on Judge about, you know, why it's not a good idea for him not to uh, participate in the uh, home run derby, as well as don't go burn himself out if only go is Maris's 61 home runs. Uh, but, you know, before the series started, he was finally going to have his uh, hearing in terms of the arbitration. And remember, uh, you know, that's usually something that gets handled in spring training. Uh, but just because of the, uh, you know, the, the lockout season kind of delayed that. That got pushed into, into the regular season. You know, Judge wanted $21 million for this year. The Yankees were offering 17 And the arbitrators, you know, before this game, wasn't officially announced until later, but they did come to agreement. Turns out that figure is going to be $19 million. So Judge is going to have $19 million reasons to smile this season. And, of course, once he hits free agency after this year, he's going to get, a, you know, much more than $19 million per year for sure, especially uh, if he keeps, you know, performing as he did in the first and fourth game of the series with the breakdown. So as mentioned before, so used to come to town and I got, and I have to credit the New York post, you know, reading an article before the series series even started saying that it's basically going to be a slob knocker. And basically the first game was that just by the very definition. Now, overall, you look at this, it's kind of interesting. It was a split. Uh, the Yankees taking the first and fourth game. And of course you used to taking the, the uh, middle two in the, you know, the meat and the sandwich in the middle there. So I guess I'll break down each of the games and kind of maybe the takeaways and kind of see, Really, who kind of won this one? You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at this one if you're the Yankees, uh, just for the fact that, again, they had that, you know, I'm sure, you, as you know by now, that large uh, um, hitless streak in the middle of games two and three there that almost, you know, that bled into um, game four, a little bit, 16 innings, of not, you know, with no hit. You could look at that, you know, which, you know, which way would you look at this, you know, the split? Do you look at it positively or negatively? I think if you're the Yankees, you know, you're, you losing, you know, you're down two games to one. You're getting no hit there. So if you could steal that fourth game, it's almost a breath of fresher air. That you say, hey, you know what? Maybe well, we got the moral victory here. But then again, you could look at the side of Houston and saying, hey, look, we shut down the New York Yankees, especially without Ace Verlander back on the mound again uh, for two games. And plus, they had that combined no hitter, which I'll get into. So maybe that's the moral victory. And we did that on the road at Yankee Stadium. You know, so just imagine if we were playing in our park. So two different ways to look at this. But yeah, I'll break that then afterwards. So we saw the first game, the Slobberknocker, and that's what it was for the Yankees. Now the Yankees sent out Jameson Tyone there on the mound. And the Astros got to work right away. Three-run homer by, by Bregman. And, you know, Bregman, he's a, uh, Alex Bregman there, you know, bit, very, very chippy. You know, he's a very chippy, very mouthy type of player. So okay, when he hits one... 
Um, you know, everyone hates Altuve a little more because the whole buzzer thing, but Bregman's kind of a, a little bit there, a little, little bit of villain to wear. So puts the Astros up um, right out of the gate, 3 to nothing, 3 run home run. But nevertheless, Giancarlo Stanton answers right back with a 3 run home run of his own in the bottom of the first off of Frambier Valdez. And it was kind of an opposite field shot. And a good, you know, another good note about the series, that got, you know, you get a number of home runs from Stan. So maybe he's starting to come around a little bit again. He, he was out for a while with that ankle injury, came back a little bit, been a little bit slow at the bat. Um, you know, been getting a little bit better, you know, in the field a little bit more, you know, but uh, but really kind of slowed down with on the home run pace a little bit, but gets on the Yankees right back on the board, ties the game. Again, an opposite field home run to right field into the second deck, goes 3-3. Three, three. Uh, but unfortunately, later in the third, uh, Jameson serves up another 3-1 home run, this time to Pedro Alvarez. So again, you know, like the New York Post said, Slobinaka, big blow by big blow. So you have now your third three-run home run of the game already, uh, again, by Alvarez. So put then the Houston Astros back up 6-3. to three, And that would go into the ninth inning when Ryan Presley, their closer, no relation to Elvis, with two runners on, faces Aaron Hicks. And again, if you remember, Aaron Hicks had that big, what turned out to be a triple in Tampa in that final game. Again, it was, it was one where when he swung the bat, he kind of admired the ball a little bit. And you could possibly say that should have been an uh, inside-the-park home run. wasn't. Now Trevino picked him up on the sack fly, so kind of kind of raced that a little bit. But again, hit Hicks, you know, kind of admiring a home run that ended up hitting the wall. Uh, but this time Hicks put a big swing on it, and he did the same thing. He admired it, but this time, you know, there was a no doubt about it. Blasted a three-run home run again. This is in the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees losing six to three. You got two runners on with their closer again, and overall Houston coming in statistically wise had the, the best bullpen in the game at the time. Uh, again, with their closer on, and Hicks hits a big three-run home run now. Ties the game six to six. Um, again, probably for Hicks, that definitely, that probably definitely the biggest home run. I know he had a big one in uh, Minnesota, had that triple in Tampa, but this was the shot. Huge moment against the Houston Astros. Again, the Yankees down by three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning there. Hits three on a ties the game up, and Presley ended up getting lifted. Um, you know, after that, serves up a single to Jose Trevino, and at that point, they have to pull him out of the game and go with Ryan, Ryan Stanek. Uh, the former Tampa Bay Ray with a full be- a full caveman beard there and the long hair definitely has the Viking look going on for him. And Trevino, and like like a lot of us, like the, also in that, that uh, third Tampa game, part of a lot of these big Yankee rallies in the ninth inning. Uh, so he, again, with two outs, gets on base with a single. Um, and at that point from there, DJ against Stanek. And it was a good batcher with DJ, laid off a lot of tough pitches, able to draw a walk. So that put runners on first and second. And then, you know, of course, you had the man of the hour, Aaron Judge, who just before the game, again, settled his arbitration deal. Um, and now with Stanek, comes on, going to have two runners on, Trevino at second, DJ, uh, who walked at first base with Aaron Judge up. Now, Judge wor- worked the count to 3-0, and and this was kind of the kind of impressive by Judge here. Now, it was 3-0 and with Anthony Rizzo up on deck. Now, normally in this case with Judge, you know, obviously if you're a good player, you're locked in, the manager's going to give you the hit, the hit sign. But if you hit that ball, you got to be a thousand percent sure that you're going to um, either, you know, launch it 100 feet or it's just going to end somewhere no one's going to catch it. You can't swing an 3 and 0 and have like a little dribbler back to the mound or, you know, a little chop at a shortstop or a little, you know, uh, sky high pop up like that. Because um, that, in that situation, 
you got to commend Judge for that because with you know you'd almost like let let take a strike there, maybe take two strikes because in that case you could if if you're Judge there, you almost kind of want you normally would want to walk because then if you walk, you got Rizzo up with bases loaded, and that's a situation that the pitch is definitely under the gun there. And we all know with Rizzo, he stands over the plate, he gets hit by a lot of pitches, but he's also a good hitter as well, so you get hit. So I mean, if you're judging that situation, you 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 want heartbeat away from having a bases loaded, and it's three and zero. Again, to put a swing on that, it's very gutsy. So I got to commend Judge on that. But if you do swing, you better hit. And Judge did this. That hits a line drive to left field, scores Trevino easily from second base, and the Yankees have a thrilling seven to six walk off win. Uh, again, the point was that Aaron Judge's second walk-off hit for the Yankees. Uh, again, early in the season against Toronto, he had a walk-off home run. Uh, but this was a walk-off line drive uh, to left field, again, on a 3-0 pitch of all pitch. I mean, so, uh, you know, got to give credit to Judge there. I mean, again, gutsy call to do that. But, again, if you swing 3-0, you better make contact and it better be somewhere hard and not where anyone's going to catch it. And Judge did that. And the Yankees come away with a thrilling uh, 7-6 win there. Uh could make arguments probably the best one of the of the year, but again, there'll be another game in the series where you can also make that argument for that game. So exciting way to start off for this for the Yankees. Then comes game two where the old nemesis Justin Verlander on the mound again. He missed last year with the uh, Tommy John surgery, and Verlander has been a thorn for the Yankees side. They used to beat him up. With, I mean, when he first came on with Detroit, he would always shut the Yankees down. And then his last couple of years with Detroit, a little bit, maybe maybe started transitioning a little bit. He was always a hard thrower, but the Yankees, that was the only time the Yankees beat him up a little bit. But since he's been with Houston, pretty much untouchable. The Yankees have never been able to touch it. He's like 500 years old, uh, but still, he just dominates the Yankees. And this is really was no any different. It goes seven innings against the Yankees. Gives up only one run. Now, for the Yankees, they sent Luis Severino on the mound, and he was equally as good. He was kind of going inning to inning with Verlander, shot for shot, kind of a little reminiscent of the 2017 season and some of those playoff games. But unfortunately for Severino, uh, would fall behind, give up a three-run home run in the sixth inning by Kyle Tucker, uh, put the Yankees in a 3 nothing hole. Now, just an inning before that, Severino had a little, little trouble. They actually had second and third with nobody out, and he actually pumped uh, three strikeouts in a row to get out of that jam. So, you know, big, big, you know, got out of the big jam in the fifth, but unfortunately it was the sixth was undoing with that three run home run. And for Verlander, the only run he would give up would be in the bottom of that six inning frame. Uh, solo shot to Giancarlo Stan, who again, starting to heat up. This time, another little right field. Didn't go to the second deck like the game before, but still to right fielding and going opposite field, which usually, you know, that's usually a good sign that someone's going to, you know, finally come out of this slump. You know, you see players kind of go up the middle more, you know, go um, opposite field. And then once they feel more comfortable, when more locked in, then you'll probably start seeing some more stand, pull the ball a little bit more. So, again, just a good sign for him getting a couple home runs. But that was really the only thing, uh, the bright spot for the Yankees. Now, the Yankees did have an opportunity in the ninth. Again, even though they lose a lot of times, they still kind of crawl back and make a game of it. Uh, DJ LeMayo up with a couple of runners on, but unfortunately grounds out the third base. And that ends the rally in the ninth. Again, DJ with a big swing there. Uh, you know, if he would have had a home run, could have given the Yankees a thrilling 4-3 win. But you can't really get to greedy, so unfortunately, DJ grounds out. And the Yankees got to take a 3-1 to loss. And at the point now, the series is tied 1-1, which brings us to Game 3, which is probably, I guess, Houston's most exciting game, just for the fact they threw a combined no-hitter. So the Yankees couldn't even muster up a run. Uh, seven innings combined from Christian Javier, as well as Hector Neris, and then Ryan Presley, who then blew the game, uh, the Thursday night game, the first game. Uh, redeemed himself, and again, the Yankees with no hit uh, combined, nine innings, only reached one uh, run reach, Josh Hamilton on error, but again, again, other than that, the Yankees completely no hit uh, 
through nine innings, which is you know remarkable. Just with the idea of having Judge, and DJ, and Stanton, all these players like that, uh, and again, not even able to muster up uh, one hit. And unfortunately, that would almost bleed into the start of Game Four. Astros saying sending up Jose Uquidi up again, not really one of their best starters, but he goes six innings and continues the uh, no no hit streak. So if you look at uh, combined Game Three and Game Four. Up until the seventh inning, when Stanton finally hits a home run, the Yankees were no hit for 16 innings, and that was the first time that's happened to a team since 1961. So the Yankees, with this great offense and all, you know, and so forth, and having you know those this miraculous three-run home runs like crazy uh, in Game One, again, pretty much just completely shut down, which is mind-boggling. But nevertheless, uh, that's what happened. So uh, for the Yankees, they put Nestor Cortez on the mound, uh, and you're starting to see the innings perhaps pile up on him again. He's he hasn't really done this for a full season, uh, and you kind of saw see him tie around something, you know, recently, you know, not able to go as long a little bit in this game. Uh, you know, little signs of that. It wasn't overly terrible, uh, but only able to go five innings for the Yankees. Um, you know, put the Yankees behind early. Uh, Al- Jose Altuve hits a home run in the uh, first inning. Again, puts Houston up one nothing, And then Mar- Mauricio uh, Dubon hits an uh, RBI single, brings in uh, two RBI single, brings in two. In the fourth inning, again, the Yankees were down 3 nothing in this game. And then it's the fact that in game three, there were no hit. And up to the seventh, you know, up to the seventh inning point, uh, still no hit. And you're wondering, wow, is it possible that, you know, the Yankees will get back-to-back no hit two games in a row? That's something that's happened since, uh, I believe, the 1917 uh, St. Louis Browns. Uh, so it would have been very embarrassing. But, again, luckily, Stan does hit that home run, another home run. So his third in the series, again, the bat heating up. This time, straightaway dead center field. Goes to Monument Park. Puts the Yankee, at least the Yankees on the board three to one, and yet at this point you're like, you know what? Eh, you know, you hate to lose, you know, three games, you know, three games in a row like that, especially to Houston. But this, it's almost a sigh of relief of not getting no hit again two games in a row because that have been utterly embarrassing. But from the eighth inning on, actually, so many great moments in this game. Uh, again, you could argue whether Game One or this Game Four was the more satisfying win. Uh, but you know, so I'll break it down. So in the eighth inning, with a runner on, DJ LeMayu up. Now they had one of their uh, bullpen guys, Phil Maitnon, and he's almost like Jeff Nelson from memory. Kind of doesn't throw overly hard, because of that frisbee slider. Uh, but DJ worked, a, you know, worked a tough at bat. Was down at one point, one and two, and then Maiton kind of threw one of those frisbee sliders in there, but didn't quite break and ended up actually, you know, catching. Kind of went like inside and broke over the plate, where it's supposed to start, you know, in the middle of the plate and dip, you know, dip away for him to swing and miss. This actually did like the opposite effect, so. Kind of missed a point there, and DJ put a good swing on it. It's a two-run home run, two left field at that point. Then ties the game at 3-3 now. In the inning, Judge and Rizzo would walk back-to-back and following that DJ LeMayu um, home run. So they actually, uh, this, uh, Dusty Baker came out, took Maiton out of the game, brought in Abreu, getting the hard thrower, and Stan had an opportunity to win, the, you know, at least put the Yankees uh, ahead right there. But unfortunately, Abreu blew away Stan on three pitches. wasn't even close. And so the Yankees at that point just had to settle for the tie there. And you can almost like regret a little bit though, you know, even though the Yankees are a home team, you still have the opportunity to get the last at bat of, the, uh, of any inning frame. But you had, you know, you, you had a running scoring position. It would have been a great idea with Clay Holmes warming up. If Stan could have just somehow put the Yankees ahead there and you could bring in Clay Holmes because you, you never want to go into extra innings. Um, even if with the home team still, it's just, you know, anything could happen, especially if you have those ghost runners on second base. You know, it's almost guaranteed the other team's going to score. Uh, so the Yankees there, you even though, yes, you're, you're very relieved that you tied the game there at 3-3 with a two-run home run, but you almost felt that you might have lost a little bit by 
Again, not capitalizing. Really, it would have been a great opportunity for the Yankees to take that lead there. Uh, but unfortunately, then the Yankees had to go to the ninth. Where very interesting now. So uh, Holmes has a clean top of the ninth. Again, gives up no uh, runs. Uh, but so this got interesting. So so they go with Rain, Ryan Stanek, who again gave up the uh, Aaron Judge uh, walk off hit in game one. Uh, blows away Donaldson uh, for the first at bat. Now Torres comes up, works a walk. So he's on first base uh, with with Aaron Hicks up at the plate. Now really interesting turn events here. So Torres, you know, was you know trying to read, right, trying to read Stanek, and a couple of times Stanek, if he had a good pickoff move, probably could have nailed Torres, but it looks like he really wasn't paying attention. He was kind of focusing on Hicks a little bit, and so there was one pitch where Stanek almost flinched a little bit, and Torres was, took a few steps like he was going to steal the base, a really dead giveaway. So so you figured Stanek the next pitch would at least throw over to first base to keep Torres honest, but no. So Stanek threw the pitch, Torres took off for second base. The throw to second base was wild. Ball actually trickled into center field, allowed Torres to go to third base. So the Yankees were set up with just one out runner on third base with Aaron Hicks up the plate. And admittedly for Hicks, he fell behind early in the count, but he worked it there, laid off some tough pitches. Uh, But then unfortunately, Stanek ended up pumping a 101-mile-power fastball right down the middle. Hicks strike out. Now, remember, Gleyber Torres was on third base, but he was was kind of coming home a little bit, just trying to score. Um, so after the strikeout, catch had the ball, tried to throw it back to third. He actually flinched to go back to third, rolled his ankle, and he, it was so bad he couldn't even move. So he actually was off the bed, actually fell to the floor, just was basically immobile, and Bregman was able to catch the ball, take the ball from the catcher, uh, receive the, the, the throw, and then to easily tag Glaber, who was, didn't even try. He was just on the floor uh, just because he couldn't even put any pressure on the leg at all. So Glaber and Torres needed to be helped off the field. Uh, they had to go with Marvin Gonzalez uh, just to replace him defensively. Uh, but so with the Yankees, just they went from first and third with only one out. All Aaron Hicks had to do was hit a sack fly to get him in to a situation where Hicks strikes out. It's a strikeout throw him out play at third base, plus the fact that you lose Gleyber Torres now for the game and you're out of the inning. Now, after the game, Boone said it was a mild sprain. He doesn't think it would be anything um, – uh, you know, extensive. Now, at this point, they haven't announced anything regarding the injury reserve list. But uh, on the replay, though, the, the ankle roll looked pretty bad. So uh, it's going to be, you know, we'll see. That, you know, hopefully, again, maybe just needs a few days off that. But if not, I wouldn't be shocked if he needs like a 10-day stint uh, in, on the uh, injury reserve list. But it wasn't only, only the, the offensive plays. Again, the hitting that was exciting about this game. Big moment in 10th inning with King. Again, now they have the ghost runner on uh, second base. So... So they had uh, originally the, the the catcher uh, started there at second base, but they ended up bringing a, a pinch runner, uh, Juan Castro. Now he easily steals third base. Altuve, he actually re- reaches on an error. So now you have first and third and nobody out, and King's out there, you know, sweating it up bit, a little bit. But to King's credit, gets out of the jam, first with a big strikeout of J.J. Manitevic. And then after that, you know, so, you know Houston sends up some of the, the big big hitters, Kyle Tucker, um, as well as uh, who, who, had, uh, who had the big three-run home run in the second game off of Severino, followed by Yuri Gariel. Now, Kings, to Kings' credit, gets two infield, well, infield pop-ups. I'll say um, the Kyle Tucker pop-up was a little bit more to left field. Hicks actually had a run in uh, to get it. But, again, uh, you know, it was kind of near the shortstop hole. But, again, anytime you're running in, it's always, you always defer to in that situation to the left fielder. So Hicks catches it just kind of almost on the lip of the grass of shortstop. And then uh, against Guriel, he has a pop-up to first base. Now, 
it was a situation where, you know, now normally that's definitely the, the first baseman's ball in foul territory there, but King was actually running over. And for a second, it looked like many situation where King would go for it. Now, again, you never want the, the pitcher fielding like that. Never, ever, ever. And it could have been a situation where maybe King was just so focused on getting out of this big bases loaded jam, uh, again, with no, nobody out. Uh, but uh, but at the last moment, he rightfully deferred to Rizzo. Rizzo caught the ball and got the Yankees um, out of that jam which then brought the Yankees to the bottom of the 10th inning where they put this game away. Now, uh, again, Hicks was the final batter uh, to strike out when, you know, Gleyber Torres had the ankle issue. So he was now the ghost runner on second base. Now IKF came up and again, the, you know, what makes this 2022 Yankee teams, you know, different from previous Yankees teams, they do things like bunting. So he actually bunts, lays down a good bunt, kind of almost, uh, you know, kind of, he really didn't attack the ball, kind of, you know, bent back a little bit. So it wasn't the, you know, the ideal stance of laying down a bunt, but he got the job done. little tapper, uh, but they throw him out of first base, but that moves then Hicks to third base with you know, less than uh, less than two outs, where all you need is a sack fly to get him in. Um, so the Yankees go to the bench there, bring up Matt Carpenter. I guess now at that point with only one out, they want to set up the double play, so they end up walking Carpenter. So the Yankees now first and third uh, with DJ LeMayo up, and again, this is the matchup you like. They have uh, Seth Martinez on the mound. And uh, at this point, it's a little getting a little tough because, you know, late afternoon game, uh, again, it was a 1 o'clock start. But by this point, the shadows started creeping in. Again, very infamous. Even at the pre- previous Yankee Stadium, this one, usually those shadows, uh, you know, you get the shadow in between home plate and the pitcher's mound. So, you know, if you're a batter, you're looking at the pitcher, you know, under the sun. But when that ball, you know, ball for a, you know, for a split second is under the sun, and the next thing you know, it's in the shadow. So it's very tough to hit. Uh, DJ LeMay ends up striking out. Uh, which brings up Aaron Judge. Now, Aaron Judge, you know, had the walk-off win in game one. Uh, again, got his uh, $19 million arbitration, you know, win slash compromise, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so this was definitely, you know, him riding high here, and he just kept the season on going. Again, he's just gonna really going to get a big payday at the end of the year because he ends up uh, first first pitch, swings 1-0, and and you're like, ah, he's going to strike out here just with the shadows and everything else. Next pitch, though, uh, again, kind of a breaking ball, doesn't exactly break, and then Judge unloads. Launches a three-run walk-off home run, goes into the visitors' bullpen in left field, and Judge himself actually wasn't sure, should even bother rounding the bases, but I guess just to make it form, you know, formally had to. Uh, but again, a thrilling three-run walk-off home run. The Yankees again in this game were down uh, three to nothing, being no hit through six after being no hit the, the game before, and just in a, in a couple of innings, you get the you know a Stanton home run, a DJ LeMayu game-tying home run, and a game-winning three-run home run. For, by Aaron Judge, getting a thrilling six to three win uh, over the Houston Astros, and then the Yankees again able to tie the series two two. And this, you know, just this season, this you know, just a mir- you know, amazing comebacks. You know, it was the second twenty two twenty uh, second comeback of the season for the New York Yankees against the team. Uh, National team was you know the most you know stingiest um, after eighth inning, and again the Yankees you know win a ninth inning get a fair in game one, a walk-off win. And then, of course, now you have a walk-off win in this 10th uh, inning of the game four. So two thrilling wins. Again, sandwiched, you know, around uh, uh, two kind of really, you know, hapless losses. So kind of weird how to look at this series there for the Yankees. You know, if you, again, if you're used and you're probably holding your head up, just the fact that a little fluky, you know, because, again, usually teams don't hit, you know, home runs, three-run home runs to win games and or tie games the way like Aaron Hicks did in the ninth inning. So they Houston probably felt like they almost let the games get away. So in that sense, you know, even though that the losses were tough for them, they probably going to walk away feel that, you know, they're the better team because they kind of 
they almost controlled the pace of all four games. It was just some you know crazy Yankee home runs, which you're usually not going to get in a playoff scenario. So again, they probably feel good about themselves. Like they almost gave those two games away in that regard. If you know if Presley was just a little sharper in game one, as well as um, you know, and, and if, if maybe if uh, if uh, you know uh, Phil Mayton was a little sharper in the eighth inning of game four, none of that would have happened, and they probably would have you know possibly swept the series. So kind of different way to look at it. So again, you probably tilt the so-called moral victory this Houston's way just because they kind of control the pace of these four games. But again, for the Yankees, uh, you know, and on the way they look at it, they may look at it as like, hey, you know what? You may shut us down, all that, but just in a blink of an eye, we could come right back. So, you know, you should be afraid of us. So two different ways to look at it. But again, uh, I, I just think Houston maybe comes away looking a little better at this one again, because for the most part, they did shut the Yankees down for a, a good portion of these four games. And again, I don't call the Yankee home runs fluky, but again, you don't get too many to, so, so too many times you get free home free run home runs by like the one Hicks got in game one. That just usually almost never happens. So it's almost like a bit of a freak occurrence. So, uh, but nevertheless, the Yankees uh, again have a thrilling uh, split two two uh, to start this home stand. Now after this, you got the uh, Oakland Athletics coming in for three games, uh, and also you got to look now. You know, uh, if you look at the standings, actually Boston's crawling up at least at this point uh, to second place in the AL East. Now the Yankees are going to start playing Boston a little bit more. Uh, kind of come the second week of July, you know, for the most part, you know, the Yankees have been facing uh, uh, Tampa a lot, Toronto a lot, uh, Baltimore a lot, uh, but it really hasn't been Boston yet, which you would just think surprising just because of the, you know, the quote historic rival there, but just the way they made the schedule up, uh, they still haven't, you know, only played them the, you know, the opening uh, three games at Yankee Stadium, you know, the, the, back in April. So they haven't seen Boston yet. They're getting a little bit better, a little bit healthier. So, you know, Boston right now for this 11 game back, if they, handle their business against the Yankees, they can really put a dent in the Yankees' lead and, you know, trim that up a little bit. Or if you're the Yankees, vice versa, uh, if you just keep rolling along here, uh, you know, knock them down the standings even further if possible. So, so that's it for the Yankees. So, again, a thrilling uh, two-game split. I think Houston walks away probably feeling they let the two wins go away, so they probably feel that, like they're the better team, even though the Yankees, you know, have, a, you know, again, about eight or nine games better in the stand, you know, I guess the record-wise. So, but a good match for the Yankees, and there's going to be a quick turnaround by next week. The Yankees are going to be down Houston, so they'll continue this uh, little battle there. So that'll be part two. So we'll see if there's any carryover from that. Um, you don't like to see the fact that again, getting still shut down by Justin Verlander, which is you know even though he's like a thousand years old, against the same old story. So uh, you still kind of bummed out about that. You have to be concerned now about Gleyber Torres's um, ankle. Uh, again, is that something that maybe it's going to go away in a few days or? Will that have any lingering effect for us this season? Again, he's been having a good, you know, really good bounce back season for the Yankees, and it's definitely what he needed and the Yankees needed. So it would be a shame that he's going to be a little bit hobbled a little bit for the rest of the season. Hopefully, it's not the case. Um, you do like to see that now, Gia Carl Stan heating up three home runs again in the series, uh, in the first, uh, second, and fourth games. And of course, no one got hit in the third game. There were no hit. And again, again, and maybe just don't like the fact that the Yankees was no hit uh, in that third game. Uh, now it was a combined no hitter, so it's a little different than when if like one guy throws the whole no hitter. And something I think believe Houston also did to the Yankees uh, back in like 2003. So it was the same thing; it was like a combined no hitter. And I believe uh, our old friend Billy Wagner, when he used to be with the Astros, was part of that one. Uh, so it's kind of weird that Houston just whatever the reason just has the, you know the Astros just has the Yankees number and those type of freaky things. And of course in the playoffs. Uh, but again, good, 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 good little, good little you know uh, possible you look at you know American League possibly a championship playoff preview down the road. 
Um, you know, both teams doing well. Again, Yankees will do better record-wise, but still Houston has the, you know, has the experience, has Verlander back. And again, the Yankees haven't been able to slay that dragon. So we'll see what happens. So uh, thanks for listening. And Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast. Subscribe, get notified when new content goes up. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.